0: those of you who have not been with us very long at this church, you may not know this. I know most of you do, but the the person who was here before I came to this church was Jim Wilson, and uh, he is the guy who actually started this church over 20 years ago, and he came back and served here as the interim pastor before going to serve as a Career missionary in Central America, and uh, he and I we knew each other pretty well before I came here. And uh, he was actually the first one to contact me about coming to this church. and And when I first came here, almost a year and a half ago, he and I got to work alongside one another for about four and a half months, and we got to know each other pretty well. And uh, we found as uh we're working together that though he and I are are different in ways he and I also have a lot of of similarities and one way in which Jim and I are similar is that neither of us have a great sense of direction and I know I've told you this before but uh, I can get lost just about anywhere if you don't believe me just ask my wife and she'll confirm this with a big yes and uh Uh, Jim is the same way. Now, unfortunately, we did not learn this about one another while we were sitting around the office chatting, but when we were lost in the middle of Houston. And uh, as you well know, this is not a good time for us to be learning this about one another. We were going to a conference and we took a wrong turn. And uh, Jim looks at me, and he says, uh, do you know where this place is? And I said, no, I've got a terrible sense of direction. And he said, so do I. And we started to laugh. And, uh, but, but fortunately, we had a GPS with us. And that is a great invention for guys like Jim and I. Which, by the way, let me tell you a story on Jim. He doesn't use his all the time. Now, he should, but he doesn't. He, he turns it on when he needs it. Me, I keep it on all the time and do exactly what it says. Even through road work, I, I will take turns that I'm not supposed to take because I'm following that GPS. Well, we needed it and thank goodness that we had it because if not, we might have ended up lost in the middle of Houston and who knows if we would have ever made it to the conference. Well, guess what? We have a lot of people today who are completely lost in this life. We do. People headed in the wrong direction, following after the wrong things, investing their lives in activities that don't honor God and that don't bring lasting happiness. And though many of these people are continually turning to and, and relying upon the advice of others, they, though they are turning to friends and reading article after article, watching show after show, and reading self-help books by the dozen, they remain lost in this life. And the reason why is because those friends those columnists, those TV talk show hosts, those authors don't anymore have the answers to the important questions in life, the most fundamental and foundational questions of life than anyone else. Though people are searching for guidance and direction in life, many people are relying upon earthly wisdom that falls substantially short. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We are continuing our study this morning. I know we've had a break, and we're going to have another break after this sermon. Bear with me. We're going to start a Christmas series, a mini-series next week. But uh, I wanted to get another sermon in here to get moving through Corinthians. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 16 of chapter 2 this morning. In this passage, Paul is going to tell us once again that human wisdom falls short. And what he's going to do is he's going to give the Corinthian believers some simple advice to follow in life. Don't you love simple advice? How many of y'all appreciate simple advice? When you you get lost, you have to stop and ask for directions. Don't you love it when the person just gives you simple directions for how to get back on track? I love that. Paul is going to do that for us in this passage this morning. He is going to give us simple advice from this passage. Paul is going to tell us here, stop seeking advice from the world when it comes to the fundamental and foundational questions of life, but instead look to God for wisdom. He is telling his readers in this passage, those of you who feel lost in this life and and need direction, don't turn to the world. Their advice is no better than yours when it comes to these things. Instead, look to God. He's going to give us the reasons why we should do just that this morning. Number one, because true wisdom is found in God's gospel. True wisdom is found in God's gospel. Look at verse 6. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Now up to this point, it seems as if Paul's been mostly bashing wisdom in general, doesn't it? I mean he boasts in the in the foolishness of the cross and he stresses the fact that the Corinthian believers were nothing special nothing to write home about and he even says that those are the types of people that God delights in using and then when speaking of himself he said when I came to you I didn't come using lofty words and human wisdom when I spoke to you about the message of the cross so it seems like up to this point Paul is is kind of negative and down on wisdom in general, doesn't it? But here in verse 6, we see that's not the case. Here Paul says, The words I speak to you are truly wise words. This message, God's message, is a truly wise message. Though the unbelieving world may not see it as wise, it is. Here we have Paul comparing Godly wisdom with human wisdom and he basically says here the wisdom I'm not all about the, the, the wisdom I reject is human wisdom the wisdom I'm critical of and I refuse to embrace and teach is earthly wisdom and The reason why we've already talked about it, right because Paul knew the wisdom of of this world Human wisdom does not save and it does not ultimately get us anywhere I mentioned several weeks ago though through human wisdom we have made great strides in in certain areas of life like in the field of medicine and in life expectancy unfortunately in some of the most important areas of life we have not wisdom has not taken us very far at all earthly wisdom is not some would even say that we have that we have gone backwards for example although we have have, have had all sorts of advancements in the field of medicine that really doesn't uh, We there really hasn't been any any progress in explaining what this life is all about all right Though human life expectancy and the quality of life, for at an all-time high, human wisdom cannot improve upon the fact that people continue to hate and exploit and abuse and kill one another at an increasing and alarming rate. And the believers at Corinth, they needed to hear this message from Paul. They needed to understand this, because at this time, there were some in the church who had become convinced of the superiority of human wisdom. And they were taking the beliefs and practices of this pagan and godless culture, the city of Corinth, and they were blending it with the teachings of the Christian faith in an attempt to improve upon God's message. And not only that, but the Corinthians were boasting in the fact that they were more advanced in the faith. They were boasting in the fact that they had had an inside track on the deeper things of God. And for this reason, they believed themselves to be more mature and more knowledgeable than others. Paul, however, he comes along and he says the opposite. He says to embrace the beliefs and practices of this world is a sign of spiritual immaturity. To believe in the superiority of human wisdom is infantile. Believers, we need to hear this today. We do. Though a lot of us in here are followers of Christ, we at times can be guilty of easing back into our old ways of thinking, can't we? We have a tendency to let the wisdom of this world influence the way we read and understand the Bible. I've heard people come away from a church service and say, man, I wish my pastor would stop talking about sin so much and that I'm a sinner. I mean, I'm not that bad. Some think that it's just a downer to focus on sin. Well, let me ask you this. Does the Bible talk about sin? In almost every chapter in every book. That's what the Bible teaches. And a lot of people don't like it because it is counter to the message of the world. Listen, if you try to embrace the teachings you receive from Dr. Drew Oprah, Nancy Grace, Montel. Montel's not on anymore, but if you watch the old episodes, then get this, you are going to have to reject the message of the gospel because it teaches the exact opposite. In fact, let me even say this. If the message that I preach in here, Sunday after Sunday is not in some way counter to the message that you hear out there. There is a problem with the messenger in here. Because the the gospel message is counter to the message of the world. For those of you visiting with us this morning, so glad that you're here, and and, uh, though we would would love more than anything for you to get plugged in right here at this church, Let, let me encourage you. If you go elsewhere to look for a church, go to a church that is serious about the Bible and that unapologetically preaches through it. So key. Well, in verse 6, Paul gives us the fate of human wisdom and of the wise, influential, worldly Leaders, the ones people look to as having the market cornered when it comes to wisdom. Paul tells us the wisdom of this age and the rulers are doomed to pass away. They're just passing away. These individuals and their input will eventually leave this earth, and their lectures will be forgotten and the books they've written will eventually end up at the back of a uh, uh, used bookstore collecting dust. That's Paul's point here. That's why we are to, to look to and focus our attention elsewhere. Well, some may say, well, why look to Paul? is he just a, another wise guy? What makes Paul trustworthy? Because Paul's message is not his own. It's God's message. Paul's message that he gives, he did not conjure up on his own by using human worldly wisdom. The message he shares with us is God's message. Like we've said already, Paul was cross-centered. He centered his, his message on the cross and did not look beyond it. And not only that, Paul also had great insight when it came to the beauty of the cross. He understood it, if anyone ever did. Paul saw the genius of the cross and how it far surpassed the wisdom of the world and, and he lets his readers know here that the cross is God's answer for everything in life. It's the answer to all of life's difficulties and without it, without understanding it, we remain clueless in this life and unable to grow and to mature into the men and women that God has created us to be the second reason we're not to look to God for for wisdom is number two because true wisdom is hidden from the world how many of you remember when you first got saved you remember when the, the light bulb came on by the way that's the Holy Spirit making things known to you that you didn't know before you remember that you remember when your your your, your desires began to change you remember when your want to changed. when the gospel began to make sense to you uh, Did did any of you at this time when you were zealous for the things of god did you ever uh, look to those people who didn't share your passion you ever think to yourself why I mean, how could you not believe in this message? I thought that way for a time, I did. I would think to myself, why aren't more people buying in to this message? And then it dawned on me one day, well, Graham, it took you 22 years. Why did it take me so long? Well, Paul gives a reason here. Look at verses seven through nine. He tells us true wisdom God's wisdom is hidden from the world. Look at verse 7. But we impart a secret, a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Paul is saying here, the message that that I and others share with you, the the message of the cross is not a message that you're going to discover on your own. That word mystery there translated that word secret translated mystery does not mean what you think it means it it doesn't refer to a mystery like you read in a Sherlock Holmes or Agatha Christie book that word mystery is is, refers to something that is not figured out or discovered through hard study and meticulous detective work that word mystery refers to a secret that is impossible for man to penetrate. It refers to something that that man, a mystery that man cannot come to know through human wisdom, through his own personal effort and devotion. It's something that must be revealed. Let me give you an example. If I was trying to figure out what you were thinking, there is no way that I could there's nothing that I could do to to Figure out what you're thinking unless you make it known to me. Same is true of God's wisdom. The same is true of his gospel. Paul's making the point here. Men will never find the one true God on their own through personal effort and devotion. The the world will never develop a religion that's true. Human wisdom will never cut it and the reason why is because the most fundamental and foundational questions of life are outside the realm of this world they are with God even the most powerful influential educated men of the first century completely miss God's message that's Paul's point in verse 8 look what he says none of the rulers of this age understood this for if they had they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The leader, the leaders Paul is referring to here are those in the first century responsible for killing Christ, the political leaders of Rome and the Jewish religious leaders. Paul gives the Christians at Corinth. A a great illustration here of how the world does not come to know God on their own terms and in their own ways. Paul is making the point here that, that through human wisdom, man cannot come to know God. In fact, what comes as a result of hanging your hat, putting stock into human wisdom is it leads you to be opposed to God. Isn't that interesting? Basically says here you have all the brilliant men of Rome in the first century all the well-known and well-schooled Jewish religious leaders and you put all these men together and all this wisdom together and what do they do? They crucify Christ. They executed the Lord of glory. That's Paul's point He shows us here how far off human wisdom really is the Romans with all their gods and with all their religion did not know God, and instead they ended up opposed to Him. And the Jews, with all their religious devotion and education, they crucified the Lord of glory. Once again, Paul's trying to show the Corinthian believers here the dangers of putting stock into human wisdom by showing them the reasoning of the world. Worldly wisdom leads you away from and even sets you against God. And once again, we see this in our world today, don't we? We have a lot of brilliant men and women in our world today who have more degrees than Fahrenheit, who uh, know more about the, the math and the sciences than, than you and I could, could ever to, to ho- hope to know. But many of them are as opposed to God and the gospel as you can be. Not all of them, but, but, but a lot of them are. Paul goes on to, to further show the futility of human wisdom in verse 9 by saying, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Now you've probably heard this verse used before, haven't you? And maybe you've heard it at a funeral, or maybe you were, you were encouraged to memorize it when you were younger. And when you heard it and memorized it, you probably thought Paul was talking about heaven here, right? I mean, it sounds like that's what he's talking about. Let's do it again. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. That sounds like Paul's talking about heaven there, doesn't it? But let me ask you this, is there anywhere in the text that talks about heaven? No, this is where context comes in. If you hang it out there by itself, it sounds that way, but when you bring context in, what Paul is talking about here is the wisdom of God. He's talking about God's message, God's wisdom. In the first part of verse nine, Paul is discussing the ways in which you and I acquire knowledge through the eyes, and through the ears, and through our hearts. He's talking about the way we acquire knowledge through empirical evidence and and through reason. And Paul is saying, you're not going to come to know God personally through those means. Uh, You're not going to personally come to know God through through seeing and hearing and, and, and relying upon human wisdom. He also says you're not ultimately going to come to know God and His true message through intellect. That word heart there, when he says, nor the heart of man imagined, that word literally means mind. He's saying, nor the mind of man imagined. He's making the point here, once again. I mean, he's making this over and over again. He wants us to get it. True wisdom is not something that is observable externally and discovered intellectually. You can't just get your Sherlock Holmes hat on and your magnified glass. And go out and say oh there's God and I know all I need to know about him now doesn't work that way because God's wisdom his message true wisdom is is a secret that's impossible for man to penetrate now some of you may be thinking well that stinks if you're honest you're saying that you mean to tell me that true wisdom is is only found in God's message and that we can't come to know and understand and receive this message through personal effort through through reason how are we to understand it then our eyes and our ears and our minds are all we've got believers you may be thinking this morning how is it that I have true wisdom while others do not. How is that possible? Because of education? No. We've already talked about that we don't get there through education. In fact, we have believers of all ages and and of all education levels, don't we? Is it a cultural thing? No. Because the gospel is, is worldwide, isn't it? Then what is it? Well, let's look. Look at the third and final point here, number three. True wisdom is revealed by the Spirit of God. Look at the first part of verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit... Who makes God's message known. Believers, the reason why you and me have the secret hidden wisdom of God is because the Spirit has revealed these things to us. Paul goes on to further explain for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except for the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now Paul gives us some great insight here on the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does. First notice what he does. Paul says the Holy Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Let me ask you this. Does the Holy Spirit know the Father and the Son? Yes, through and through. And the reason why is because he is God. Though he is distinct in person, he is the third person of the Trinity, he is equally God. The Holy Spirit is fully God, therefore he knows the depths of God. And Paul says in verse 11, he knows and understands the thoughts of God. Paul is saying here, though God's thoughts are way beyond us, they are not beyond his spirit, the spirit of God. Now you may be thinking to yourself now, well, what good does that do? He's still up there and I am, am down here. What difference does that make well you remember Jesus's words before he goes to the cross in John 14 15 and 16 remember what he promised he promised that he would send us his holy spirit and Paul affirms that here in verse 12 he says now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by god what jesus promised to do he did he sent the holy spirit and is it is the spirit who brings understanding of the message of god the gospel so so follow this logic with me okay god's message is a message of true wisdom but his thoughts and his ways are beyond our human understanding but get this they are not beyond the understanding of the holy spirit who is God? And the same Spirit who knows the mind of God has been sent to us to bring us understanding, to give us true wisdom. You see that? That's Paul's point in this passage. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, the next question we need to ask is how does the Spirit do this? What are the means through which the Spirit gives us this understanding? Look at verse 13. Paul says, and we impart this in words. Paul says, we impart this in words. Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Now the word we here refers to Paul and his fellow apostles and ministries. He's basically saying here, the message that I give to you and, and that other faithful men give to you is the message that has been given to us by the Spirit of God. What the Spirit of God has given to us, we are giving to you. The Holy Spirit reveals true wisdom. God's wisdom, God's message, and you know how he does it? He does it through the people of God preaching and teaching the Word of God. That's how the Spirit makes this message known. I know each and every one of you in here, if I went around the room, you would have uh, uh, different stories of uh, your, your, your testimony, how you came to Christ, where you were, how old you were, the circumstances surrounding your decision, who shared with you about Christ. But get this, a common strand that each and every one of us have when it comes to our salvation story is this. None of us came to Christ apart from the work of the Spirit. And none of us came to Christ apart from the Word of God. We all have that in common. Look at verses 14 through 16. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things but is himself judged by no one for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. When when, when Paul talks about the natural man here, he is talking about a man or woman with an unbelieving heart those without Christ this person does not act godly makes sense right they are natural meaning they do that which is natural to man they they sin they just live in the physical material world they can't know God they can't sense God they, they don't know even how to take his people I mean the work of God in his world and in his people are completely lost on them and the reason why is because the natural man does not have the spirit of God who reveals the wisdom from God you ever share your faith with an unbeliever and and it's like you're talking to a brick wall you ever have that they just look at you like like you're 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 crazy you know and, 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 and the reason why is because, like, like Paul says, they do not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly to the natural man. I've received some strange looks for other reasons, but, uh, but, but also because of a message, sharing the message with people. Someone once asked me, they said, how can you put so much faith into Christianity and so much stock into one book? And I went on to explain to them, well, this book is right here. This book is not just any book. It's God's Word, and within it are the words of eternal life. And you would have thought I told them that I had seen an alien, you know? It was just, it was, it was lost on them. Why? Because the wisdom that I have and share, the wisdom that believers have and share is God's wisdom. Whereas natural man, unbelievers, are, are, are trusting in the wisdom of the world. And the two are in opposition. They're in opposition of one another. Just like the blind man can't see the sun, S-U-N. So the spiritual, spiritually blind man can't see the sun, S-O-N. Just like a deaf man can't hear beautiful music, the spiritually deaf man cannot hear the beautiful message of salvation. Paul makes it clear here. What the natural man needs is the Holy Spirit to shine light on the truth of his word. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He illuminates our minds and he opens our hearts to the things of God so that we'll understand. Well, upon hearing this, some people don't like this. They don't. They think, well, if that's the case, if, if, if salvation is a work of God and people need the Holy Spirit to open their hearts and minds, then, then that's on God. Man's off the hook. If, if God's the one who saves. Well, though we do believe, we should believe, the Scripture teaches that God is sovereign in salvation that our salvation is a work of God. Listen, Scripture also clearly teaches that man is responsible. That's clear. You cannot get beyond that in Scripture. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, how does that work? Well, let me ask you this, how does the Trinity work? How can Jesus be fully God and fully man? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It doesn't go against reason. It just goes beyond it. Truth is, though, that Scripture affirms both. God is sovereign and man is responsible, and we affirm both. But, but, but I wanted to say that, but Paul's point here in this passage is that apart from the Spirit of God, revealing the true message of God apart from him shining light on the truth of his word man remains in darkness let me also warn you believers who are in here it's important for you to know as you live your life for Christ as you're guided and directed and empowered by the Spirit of God not only is the unbelieving world the natural man going to to not get you and look at you as if you're strange they're even going to at times come against you it's true times you'll come under attack of the unbelieving world. The world is not only going to look at you as strange, but they are going to at times criticize and even attack you for your Christian beliefs and practices. But Paul gives us a great word here in verses 15 through 16. He says, when people come against you for what you believe, don't sweat it because if you've been saved by God and if you are living for him when they come against you they are coming against me because you have the mind of Christ remember what Jesus told Paul when he was on the road before he was converted he says Paul why are you persecuting me Paul wasn't persecuting Jesus was he persecuting followers of Jesus but those followers of Jesus have the mind of Christ So when people come against you, that's what Paul's saying here in these verses, they are coming against the Lord Jesus because we have the mind of Christ and we have the message of God. So let me encourage you with that. Continue forward. Even when people come against you, stand firm. Don't compromise what you believe. Let me end with this. When I share with you that true wisdom is hidden from the unbelieving world, that's not... To say that I want it to stay that way and neither does God if he did he would not have called us to be his witnesses am I right like we said earlier the way the spirit works is he comes through the the preaching and teaching of the word of God that's what we're called to do and I have been called by God to be a witness for him and that's exactly what I want to be this morning for those of you who do not know Him. Maybe you're here this morning. You've been searching for answers in this world. And you've come up short time and time again. I urge you this morning, plead with you to look no further than Christ. If you would open your heart this morning And and trust in Him for your salvation. You can come to know the truth. And that truth will set you free from sin and death. Would you pray with me? Father, thank You for saving us.